Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. These podcasts are brought to you in part by our sponsors, who really truly are what make these podcasts possible every week. O'Fallon Nutrition is a company that I've worked with for over 15 years. They're independently owned and operated, located here in O'Fallon, Missouri, right off of Highway K and Mexico Road. I call this place the Whole Foods of St. Charles County, but even if you are not located on this side of the river, it is still worth the drive. I can remember working all the way down at Powerhouse and still sending people out to O'Fallon Nutrition for their supplements. They are more than a supplement company. You can get grass-fed beef, salad dressing, seasoning for your cooking, uh, hair care products, makeup, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, uh, essential oils, and all the vitamins and minerals that you can think of. If you're looking for clean, whole food nutrition, as well as home care, house care, skin care products, O'Fallon Nutrition is your place. You can take a look at them at O'FallonNutrition.com. Or if you'd like to have something shipped, if you're listening to me from outside of St. Louis, you can certainly have items shipped. I know they do free shipping if it's an order over $50. And the phone number is 636-240-5283. Again, it's O'FallonNutrition.com. As well as if um, preparing your food on a weekly basis is your primary excuse for why you're not able to stay on a good clean eating program, which is something that I hear very regularly from my clients, I would ask you to please take the time to check out Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com. They are a phenomenal place. We get our food from there during the week. They deliver to our integrity location. They will deliver to your house. Uh, They also uh, are just available for pickup. You can go to their Chesterfield location or their Kirkwood location and just pick up meals for the day as well as um, just having them delivered right to your door. So if preparing your food is your main excuse for why you cannot stay on a healthy eating program, then I would suggest just stop by Pure Plates. Just try it. If you're trying to lower your blood pressure, you're trying to lower your cholesterol, you're trying to get your blood sugar down, try to do Pure Plates meals for a week and just see how different you feel. These are organic meals. They are gluten-free. If you need them to be, they can be dairy-free. They are soy-free. You're not taking any processed sugars or meat curing agents or preservatives. They really truly believe in nutrient dense meals that are just whole food nutrition. And I've had my clients or have made recommendations for my clients for years at Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com or you can call them to ask questions at 636-778-3555. Again, remembering that they have a location in Chesterfield as well as in Kirkwood that you can just run by and pick up a meal today. Yes, we'll definitely talk about fasting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it actually quite a few times as we go, for sure. Now, today I'm going to do something sort of unique because we are here next Saturday, but we're not here the following Saturday. So just a reminder that the 26th is our, is our day off in October. Um, but I'm going to do something a little bit unique this week where I'm going to take this session and I'm going to re- record it as one of my podcasts. I like to give people a snapshot of what we do for this class. So if they would decide in six months when we have another one that they've been thinking about it, you know, that's kind of how you did, you know, you were thinking about it and thinking about it, then they can listen to it and kind of say, oh, it is neat that how that dynamic is and give them a chance to decide if they want to take the class or not. So this weekend, it will not be our podcast. 
but next weekend it's actually going to be the podcast that I post on Sundays, which is the replacement for my radio show. We had the radio show for six years. We'd always post. Now we just post a podcast. So I'm not sure if you guys know that. If, if you're not friends, with, I mean, I think everyone's friends with me on Facebook, but if you were not friends with me, I post every Sunday a podcast, which was a replacement for my radio show. And I just sit there one-on-one -on -one and record it. And it's completely different from the radio show because the radio show, we had commercial breaks. I had to advertise for people all throughout the show. I mean, now it's like... 30 to 30 minutes to an hour of intense, usually me being completely fired up about something, which can be good or bad, depending upon what you like to listen to, right? Um, I know sometimes Justin will be like, boy, you started to get fired up about that or something. I could tell the passion was in you on that. I'm like, well, yeah, I swear why I picked that topic. I do miss the camaraderie of the different people. So I try sometimes to bring people in that I can interview to on my podcast. But if you go to our website, we have years of podcasts and they're radio. Some of them are obviously radio shows. And we have a lot of people that that's how they find us and that's why they come to us and get a better understanding. Most of our stuff is nutrition talk, but anyways, we will share this one just so you know, okay? So just a reminder that the 26th, I mean, I'll see you next week so I can remind you too, but the 26th will be, and I'm just gonna pull up my pictures here. Uh, one, of the, one of our favorite things we would talk about on the radio show during Name That Food, which was our last segment, was coffee creamer. And I, I love talking about this because I just think it's so unclear to people what they could be doing to their body just by having coffee creamer every day. And I'll use myself as an example and then I'll give you some ingredients. For me, years ago when I changed my food and, and was really experiencing health issues, I mean, again, this was about 20 years ago, I could not go to work without going to Quick Trip and getting coffee and using this, the, the French vanilla creamer they had. And I just couldn't function as a human being unless I had that. That was, I ate clean, I ate a bodybuilder diet, I did everything, Roger did my nutrition at the time, I did everything he told me to do, but I started work at 5 a.m. and I was at Quick Trip at 4.40 every single day. Uh, I could have, I feel like I invested in the company. And <laughs> I went to see, I just was still struggling with my health. And at the time, Roger was the owner of Powerhouse, in case you don't know who Roger is, and he was also my partner on the radio show. Um, I worked for him for 10 years, and he also helped me with my nutrition and has really taught me a lot about nutrition. We tend to go different ways, which is why the radio show is fun. You know, uh, we meet, we have good middle ground, but we, we tend to go different ways, but he helped me a lot. And my health was not improving, even though my food was on point. And when I say on point, I mean, I woke up to like oatmeal, not gluten-free oatmeal, but oatmeal and egg whites. And then I had a handful of almonds and then I had sweet potato and green beans and chicken. And then I had a, uh, maybe a piece of Ezekiel toast with some coconut oil. And then for dinner, I might've had like salmon and vegetables. So that was like an on point day. Okay, that's how I used to eat. And he just would tell me, you know, Deb, there's something wrong. There's, you should be, losing weight faster than what you are. I would do cardio like crazy. I worked out six days a week. So at the, you know, at that time, he was good friends with Dr. Richard Bly. So he connected me with him. That's the MD that I always talk about. And that's the doctor that I went to. And so I talked to him. I went to Dr. Bly. He did blood work 
galore. I mean, just galore. And that's when we found out that I had the thyroid issue. I mean, the, not quite to the level, but knew I had a thyroid issue. We didn't know I had Hashimoto's at that point because we didn't actually run that yet. My chiropractor ran that. But we knew I had a major hormone imbalance, like significantly. So one of the things that were out of balance was my estrogen. So there's three different types of estrogen and my bad estrogen, the estrogen that really is the leading cause of most uh, breast, ovarian, you know, reproductive cancers, mine was like through the roof. So I think it's supposed to be 60 or under, mine was 180. Uh, that's the exact number, I remember it. And so Dr. Bly put me on can't believe that I've already forgot what it was. Now, uh, it's an estrogen blocker, and you would take it if you had breast cancer. Can't believe I forgot what it is. Moctamoxifen, yes. I've had breast cancer. Yes, and I'm like, how did I forget that already? It just went right out of my head, but yes, he put me on tamoxifen. He said, I wanna see you back in three months, and I'm gonna check your levels again. So again, remember, it was 180. I took tamoxifen for three months. I didn't change my food. I mean, I still did all the stuff I did. Everything was really clean. I went back in three months, three months of tamoxifen and my estrogen levels hadn't changed. I mean, they didn't decrease. And so I was worried. I was really worried. Like I thought there was something really wrong with me. I thought maybe I had to have some type of like estrogen growing tumor or something in me somewhere or something. And so I said, let me just take a different approach to this. There has to be a more natural way of doing this. So I changed all my food in terms of I would not eat an egg unless it was organic. I refused to buy eggs unless they were organic, which before I didn't. I bought everything from whatever, the cheapest way you could get it because I was on a budget. I would only eat organic chicken and Farmer Girl Meats was a farmer that we knew. I would just get all my chicken from her. Um, I refused to consume soy in any way, shape or form. And before that, I was drinking soy milk. Like I would put soy milk in my stuff every now and then. If I went to Starbucks, I would get a soy milk latte before that. So I completely eliminated soy, but then I even looked at like my vitamins, my everything I looked at to try to avoid soy. And then I even went as far as to just say, okay, what else could be causing me an estrogen build in my body? So I stopped warming up my food in plastic. I bought every week, I would buy three more Pyrex containers, three more Pyrex. I did it for like two months. And then now I have enough that I can cover my week in Pyrex containers. Stop warming it up in that. I stopped warming up my coffee unless it was in ceramic. You know what I mean? I just did everything I could to potentially eliminate estrogen. And the worst part of it was, of course, I had to go online and I had to go to Quick Trip and I had to look up what the ingredients were in my creamer because I was like, I drink that every day. And there was so much soy in it. And of course, there was dairy in it, too, you know, and it was it was not organic dairy. So I was running the risk. So I, I cut it out. It was like I was going through depression <laughs> from not having that coffee. Cause it wasn't like I could run out to the store and get coffee made. It's no different. You know what I mean? So of course I buy almond milk and coconut milk and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Who even drinks this? Like, it's just, this is garbage, you know? And now it's like, who would drink the other stuff? I can't, it's all in what you get used to. Anyways, went three months. Those are all the changes I made. And this is a significant amount of changes, but those, I was 
off the tamoxifen. I stopped the tamoxifen right then and there, although he did not tell me to do that um, because I was like, I'm not going to take this medication. If I literally didn't drop at all, I'm not doing it for another three months. So I went to O'Fallon Nutrition, which was an hour away from me uh, because I'd heard of him and I bought DIM. D-I-M, and it's basically cruciferous vegetables in a pill, and that's supposed to help lower the bad estrogen. So I took that, like in the same way I took the tamoxifen while making those changes. I went back in three months, and my numbers were in the 60s. Wow. Okay, so I was 180, and I went down to the 60s, and I've been able to keep that. In fact, I go, sometimes I go too low, because I, I mean, I just don't really do anything to build estrogen at this point. So that's my story of coffee creamer and estrogen and the build from estrogen. But I got to believe, to be honest with you, it's a cumulative effect of all the things I was having. But that coffee creamer, I would have that two and three times a day. And I would have like that much of it in my cup. No one looked at me like I was overweight. So I was like, I'm okay, you know, I can do this. And it got me through my day. I mean, that, I would work from 5 a.m. until 9 p.m., you know. A hard day for me. Right? <laughs> I've been there. I can feel your pain. Like, I will cry with you. I mean, I remember Roger being like, suck it up. And I'm like, but I don't even know how to live anymore. You know, heck yeah. <laughs> so anyways, so I just want to share some ingredients with you on, I did not go out to Quick Trip and pull that up. I guess I probably should have. It's probably the one I should have shared with you guys. But I want to just share some ingredients just with creamer so the most popular is just coffee made the the usual just the plain not even the flavored one this could be the you know the powder you know where that you just see it everywhere okay no matter where you're at they're going to have a coffee made creamer the ingredient i'm not even going to talk to you about carbs sugars any of that because who cares if it has one gram of carb but it has all of these ingredients who cares it's just garbage for you and that's the struggle is a lot of times all we do is we look at this Oh, there's no sugar in here. It's okay. Well, I don't even know how that's humanly possible with these ingredients, but corn syrup solids, uh, hydronated vegetable oil, coconut and palm kernel and soybean oil, um, sodium caseinate, mono and diglycerides, dipotassium phosphate, um, natural and artificial flavor, and uh, I want to comment on that natural and artificial flavor because I'm going to show you another one, uh, which is a very popular one made by uh, Coffee Mate, and this is the pumpkin spice one. And that would be water, sugar, vegetable oil, same oils that I just mixed, um, and less than 2% of casein, um, natural and artificial flavor, the same and then the rest of it is the same other other than this one has an added carrageenan and cellulose gum so if you look up the dangers of carrageenan which is c-a-r-r-a-g-e-e-n-a-n and i can post these in our group or at least one of these in our group uh facebook it, it's very dangerous for you. I mean, it's like in our lotions and stuff that we're actually not supposed to be doing those lotions because it has that. So it's in our drink. If it's in our lotion, that seems, you know, it, 
and we're not supposed to have it in our lotion, then we really shouldn't be drinking it, right? So what I thought was interesting, and it of course says the natural and artificial flavor, was that was a pumpkin spice one, and at nowhere did it say that there was pumpkin yeah. spice in there, or pumpkin. It's just frustrating. So what that means to me is when they say natural and artificial flavor, that could mean a lot, because they didn't even list the pumpkin. Why wouldn't they list pumpkin spice? Like, why wouldn't it say pumpkin pie spice or clove or cinnamon or something like that? Because that's not what was in it. <laughs> right. That's what sort of frightened me on that, right? I used to drink that practically for years. I mean, I was just like addicted to all those different creamers. I would have like eight bottles of creamers, different, all the different ones. <laughs> Gingerbread, pumpkin spice. I would come home like, woo, I'm going to drink all these. And I felt like garbage because of it. You know, that was dessert. That might as well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't that have just been equal to me putting cake in my coffee? You know, it's just dessert. So then there's another one, which maybe you guys have heard of this one. It's called Natural Bliss. Have you seen these in the store? So this is made by Coffee Mate. What I find so interesting is that they have a whole line that's full of those garbage ingredients. And then they've come out with this creative, like more natural line. Why not get rid of the old line and just stick with the natural line? You know, then it's not perfect. I'm not trying to tell you, I think we should all go out and buy it, but why not do this when we know we're not putting all this poisonous stuff into people? Because people are selling it, it's cheap. They can sell it in mass quantity. Very frustrating to me. You know, it really frustrates me. So the natural bliss, the uh, ingredients are non-fat milk, heavy cream, cane sugar, and natural flavor. So again, we still have absolutely no idea what natural flavor is, which aggravates me to no end. I don't even know how that's okay. But again, look, look those ingredients were pretty good. Not ones we want to have, but they were pretty good. Milk, heavy cream, cane sugar, they didn't even put corn syrup in there. You know, that's pretty great. Excuse me, I'm happy with that. Now, five grams of carbohydrates, which I just said I wasn't going to talk about, but it's obviously higher than the other one, but it's real food. You know, I think a person would get less sick on this one than they would on the other one, but I think there's a real good chance they're still going to get sick on this one. Okay, so you could be having this coffee creamer and yet your food could be immaculate throughout the day. Everything on point, it, organic eggs, organic meat, uh, you know, everything you're supposed to do, the right balance of fat, the right balance of carbs, everything's in line the way it should. But then you add something like that and you are going to prompt a histamine response from that every single day. That is definitely what was happening to me. I was just starting my day with that. And then by noon, I was taking a break and going and getting another one. And if they had a delivery service, I would have had them sent to the gym, you know? And then in the afternoon, if I had to cancel, I would race out and get there as fast as I could to get one and come back. You know, this was poisoning me. So I didn't have time to rest because you were always like getting the second dose. Yeah. I mean, I never gave myself a break and I was always having a histamine build in my body and I was sick. Like I was having major issues. I was having like lung bronchial based infections every, every three to four months. I would work through them because I never took off work. I'd be hacking my heart out. You know, I just, it was horrible. I was sick all the time. Chronic fatigue, 
it, the fatigue was extreme, uh, but I still worked and you'd always blame it on the fact that you worked so many hours. You never blamed it on, and then all of a sudden when the fog lifted and I started to get my hormones in line and I changed all those things, it was like, I could work 17 hours today if you need me to. I'm used to 15, but I probably could stay till midnight. Like you just felt like that. And you were kind of, because you were so used to feeling bad all the time that when you felt that good, it felt r remarkable, you know? What would be other options to those, you know, creamers? I just sent you a text message. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would be good ingredients. Let's look at it. Yeah, because I'd rather go through questions like that too. What's this one? Is this the nut pods? Or is... Okay, good. That would have been that would have been one I would have suggested. The ingredients are purified water, coconut cream, almonds, natural flavors, um, the dipotassium phosphate, sunflower lecithin, sea salt, and gelatin gum. The only thing is that. When it comes, this is getting hypercritical. I don't really think anyone in here has to worry about it, but for someone like me, uh, sunflower can be an issue. You know, I mean, it's a histamine builder. It definitely sunflower oil I would avoid for sure, because that's going to be something that will respond in your body negatively, and you will be much more likely to have. Hey Ryan, we'll have to have a, an inflammatory response from it. So if you're curious about sunflower oil, I would just go out and Google the dangers of sunflower oil, and and just learn, you know, the difference between it and your coconut oil or your olive oil. Now what they're doing in there is they're just putting stuff like that in there to help create a texture and to help keep it from clumping, caking, things like that. So the amount that they're putting in there is not extreme, but for me, it doesn't matter. It could even be in the factory and blowing in the air and I'm sick from it. So, and unfortunately there are a lot of people in this world that do get that sick from stuff like that. So you do have to factor things like that in, but the nut pods would be a great option. There are a lot of options for creamer now, way more than when I was having those problems. When I started, I went through things similar to, to, to what you did where you, you have to adjust your palate to it, but um, I use um, unsweetened vanilla almond milk, and then um, I add just a, a little bit, that little tiny spoon of stevia, and oh, yeah. then I sprinkle like actual pumpkin pie spice, like oh, good. and stuff, I yes. sprinkle it in there. Oh, yeah. And it, it doesn't dissolve, so you have to like scrub out your cup afterwards, but right. it adds that aroma. Well, if you could ever blend it, it would, yeah. it would blend it up beautifully. Like if you could ever pour your coffee in with all that, it just blends it up so nice. And it kind of frosts your coffee a little bit too, just mm -hmm. so you know. I mean, that's a great way of getting those spices in. I've had to blend it when I add the... Um, Cook collagen? Or yeah, is that, yeah. Yeah, won't, yeah. And if you, um, <laughs> if you would add cinnamon or cocoa powder, you know, those would be all different things that could be added to it as well. That's a great add. But unsweetened almond milk, unsweetened coconut milk, and then they have a vanilla flavored unsweetened. That's the one I normally suggest getting because it just kind of takes it up a notch. Coconut milk is a lot thicker and creamier than almond milk is. And I've talked about that a little bit, but almond milk is gonna feel like skim milk and coconut is just gonna kind of feel more along the lines of a thicker milk, at least you know a higher percentage than skim. If you're used to half and half, that's what I mean. Like if you, if you go from half and half to almond milk, it's gonna feel really thin. 
And if you judge your coffee by the color, you will never achieve the color because you'll have to have this much almond milk and you you still really won't achieve the color because it's just thinner, you know what I mean? Now the coconut milk, you actually can work towards achieving the color more, just so you know. So if you like a blonder coffee and you just like it to look like that and that's just kind of part of your thing, I would go for that coconut milk. I like the brand So Delicious. Now those brands make creamers too. They also make creamers with sugar. So just be cautious with it when you're watching it. You know what I mean? So just look at the ingredients. Just because it's a creamer doesn't mean it's a good idea. Like just because it's almond milk creamer doesn't mean it's a good idea. Look at the ingredients. They still could be bad ingredients. So you, you don't want to switch one bad for maybe one that's only 50% bad, but it's still going to cause a negative, you know, response. I like, I like the hazelnut flavored creamer. Yeah. So this nut pods, I think it tastes nutty. Mm -hmm. That's probably why I like it. Yeah. They have a hazelnut flavor. Yeah. And, and you know what? Look for stevia. They have flavored stevias like that liquid stevia they have hazelnut they have toffee flavored stevia they have chocolate flavored stevia you could kind of try to build it you know like that too you know just to get yourself a little more flavor but i would avoid soy milk um for your for it you know and when you go out to starbucks and you have something made but also understand when you go out to starbucks if you use the coconut milk at starbucks they do not have no sugar added coconut milk. I mean, you're getting like eight to nine grams of sugar in that coconut milk. So do know that, okay? So you're not, maybe it's better that you're not having dairy, yes, but you're not free and clear of having a response from that because you're still getting sugar in it. For, for Starbucks, I would buy a cute cup from them so that you feel comfortable doing this but buy one of their thermal cups when you walk in you feel like you're kind of like in you know in it and then just have your coconut milk in there and have your stevia in there and if they don't want to pour your coffee in there then get your cup pour it in there and then unfortunately throw oh, out the cup give you a discount if you do that. that's great that's the, i don't yeah i don't go inside so i don't know no, I mean, I do too. Yeah, okay. if they, yeah, if if they fill it up like that, and they'll, they'll, they'll pour your good. latte in there or something like that, that'd be great. I didn't know if they would do that since you were bringing it from the outside. Like if they would put it, like, do you know what I mean? I didn't know if they'd be willing to put it in their line. Yeah, because I thought that could be transferred bacteria. But yeah, but that, but that, that's possible. So that's what I would suggest. And, uh, and an Americana is espresso and hot water. So you could do that and then have your, or you could just do their coffee, you know, but if you want something to taste like a latte, you can get a latte, but just no syrup. Okay. But the problem is you would have to ask for a milk. So you can't really get a latte from Starbucks. So that's why I say the Americana, cause you might like that espresso response or that espresso taste, but you'd have your own coffee, you know, your own uh, uh, coconut milk for it, if that makes sense. Okay, so when it comes to um, another secondary option of being able to have a creamer would be the collagen. The collagen is amazing for that. I have been able to get so many people off Coffee Mate or even just half and half in sugar with the collagen. I mean, people that looked at me and said, I will try this, but I'm gonna tell you right now, there's no way I'm giving up my coffee. And they swear by it now, they love it. 
Primal makes a flavored collagen, uh, chocolate or vanilla, which I think we've talked about, but that would be the one that I would suggest. And let's say you're still going to eat eggs for breakfast, okay, and have fruit. Well, we don't want to put two scoops of collagen in there because that's 20 grams of protein and then you have the protein in your eggs. You now exceeded your protein for that meal and potentially carried it over to too much for your day. But what you would do is you just take a big heaping tablespoon of it and put it in your coffee just like you're getting powdered coffee creamer and put a little bit of that coconut milk in there with it, then that would richen the flavor of it a little bit. And if you can blend it, blend it. But if you've decided I'm gonna have a smoothie today and instead of having a smoothie, you decide to have a coffee latte or to genuinely make a coffee latte, put your two scoops in there, put it in the blender, put your coffee in there, your stevia, your little bit of coconut milk, and you'll have a, a cafe mocha or you'll have a French vanilla coffee. It's awesome. And the other day, Sheila posted that she bought that Dr. Axe Ancient Nutrition uh, Pumpkin Spice. Just know that that, that from what I know, uh, O'Fallon Nutrition called Ancient Nutrition. They're not going to carry it anymore. So whatever is available is all you can get. So if you see it and you like it, I would buy like five of them. So they'll last you a while. But that could make you a pumpkin spice latte just by blending it. Blending it changes so much. It really makes you feel like you have a latte. I found it doesn't. It doesn't dissolve just in the hot coffee it, very well. It's not as well as you, I mean, it. yeah, you feel like you've made hot chocolate, you know what I mean? And there's just those little few specks on the top, which never really tastes bad, but they it doesn't as well as you'd want it to. Now the vital proteins, the, the unflavored, which, you know, that's not what we're talking about. That just like evaporates. In my coffee, I don't even, like I go to stir it and I'm like, it's gone. I can't stir anything, there's nothing there. So I've never had that with that, but with the primal for sure. Um, now, another thing would be, and we have one in back if you wanna take a look at it. I don't know if you've ever heard of an espresso machine, N-E-S, not espresso machine, but a Nespresso machine. That comes with a milk frother. The Nespresso machine itself, you put coffee pods in the machine, not espresso in the machine, but an actual coffee pod, just like you would the Keurig. So you can put espresso in there, but I'm just saying if you want a cup of coffee and you want the coffee to be this full, you could put that coffee uh, pod in there and it whips your coffee out like cappuccino. It comes out all like foamed and frothed. It is delicious. Half the people I know don't even use the milk frother because the coffee tastes so good, just like it is. You know, and you could put your stevia in there. It is really good coffee. Then you have the milk frother on the side and I just put my coconut milk in there and then I just pour that on top of it. I look forward to coffee more than quick trip days. <laughs> it's so much better. It's delicious coffee. So we have one of those machines back there. I drink decaf, so I only have decaf back there. Um, we just don't really offer the pods because they're crazy. It's like a dollar, you know, where we can go to Sam's and get a hundred of them for that much, you know. So we offer coffee, coffee, but not those. But if you ever, if you have an espresso pod that you want to try and you want to use our you know thing for it we'd be happy to let you use our things for it or if you just want to see it maybe sometime when i'm making it it's really good really good i have a question i don't drink coffee yeah um but is there an alternative for chai tea 
like because I know that one has sugar in it. Yes. Yeah. What I would do is I've had I've done this for years with with clients. I've watched them do this and they've sent it to me. I would Pinterest clean chai tea recipe. Okay. Now it may still it may still have honey in it. So you would just pull the honey out and you would just put stevia in with it. So that's going to be your like dry ingredients usually. And then what you do is you just use coconut milk or coconut cream or almond milk if you wanted to. And then that's how you would, and you would like blend it the same way, okay. you know, so you'd make almost like a tea latte the same way. And you could, you can make a green tea latte like that. Like you could steep your green tea or that avocado leaf tea. You can just steep the tea, make the hot tea, put it in there, put your stevia in there, and then put your coconut and milk in there. And it's like, my mom always put milk in our hot tea. You know, it's really a good taste, you know, so for something a little different. It's largely cardamom and uh, cloves. You can like grind them, you can dry grind them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you just have one of those coffee grinder, coffee, the little things, you can take all your spices and throw it in there. It really is pretty easy. And you might even be able to find like a tea bag at Whole Foods. That would be a chai tea tea bag that didn't have the sugar in it. And then you would just add the other, the other components to it. But I would still Pinterest that um, recipe because I think you'll be surprised what's out there, you know. So I just wanted to mention that Nespresso machine because that's about $180 purchase. And uh, you probably find it even less expensive than that if you have the right coupons and things like that. You might get it for $150. Williams-Sonoma. Right. Maybe like 500 it, Well, I bought it at Williams-Sonoma and it was 180 but I had coupons. So I've been a member there for years. But she's right. It is pretty expensive there normally. They have like $1,200 machines. They do. Well, and the thing is, is I went there because I thought they're going to be able to teach me about this and then I'll go buy it somewhere else. So I went there and the Nespresso rep just happened to be there that Sunday. And I was like, hook, line, and sinker. You know, like they got me on this one, right? And I'm like whipping out the William Sonoma credit card. Like I'm going to end up buying something today. I went in thinking it was going to be a $600 uh, piece of equipment. And she was, she was like, oh, you just, if you just drink coffee, you just need this one, which was just like a Keurig. And I'm like, but why would I get that? I already have a Keurig. She's like, it, there's no comparison. And I'm like, okay and then she made one and i was like wow i'm like i do not drink black coffee ever and i was i could have drank the whole cup of black coffee it was that good without stevia you just tasted the coffee and it was frothed like that like i said it was it was foamed up that was really great so she did a really good i would have never bought that one had i just went out on the internet i would have probably paid six hundred dollars for one and honestly would have been miserable because I don't even drink espresso. So I would have had like one that was more built for espresso. So you want, if you drink coffee, you want the one like we have back there where you just flip the lid, you put the pot in, you bring it down, you push the button the same way you would on a Keurig. It's the same exact thing. It just has a different mechanism and it froths the coffee and makes it like cappuccino. So, and you can buy espresso pods and put them in there and espresso will come out just so you know okay so those are some options for some coffee creamer alternatives if you are still in the coffee creamer zone i beg you to try to get out of it i'm telling you use my estrogen levels as your reason 
you know, just do it because it, it really can be damaging. And, and, and go out and force yourself to read the ingredients of whatever you're getting. If you're going to Dunkin' Donuts, go out and read their ingredients. If you're going to McDonald's for your coffee, go out and read the ingredients. Force yourself to see what you're taking in in that coffee every day and just tell yourself, what am I doing? I'm doing all this other stuff. I'm, I'm completely sidelining myself just with this cup of coffee, all right? And you would much prefer at the end of the month to bake brownies or bake cookies with your kids or make a pumpkin pie or do pumpkin bread and, and know, yeah, I'm getting thrown off my plan here with this, right? But at least it's for that, not a cup of coffee, right? Every day that I'm having, okay? So please, I'm gonna pray for every single, you know, one of you that's having coffee creamer. It changed my life, it really did. And all those other things did too. So that all that extra estrogen that was just compounding in my system. I will say too, I don't know if anybody has a Tuesday morning near them, but they had on sale, well, I don't know if it's on sale, but they had those glass, like what I see carry in in huge stacks. Uh-huh. Oh, the Pyrex? For 20 bucks. Oh. And it's like a set of 16. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. yeah. It's hard when you need five of them, right, for one meal that you're prepping for each day. You know, I mean, and they're, they're $4.99 a piece. Yeah. It just adds up, you know, to really get the amount that you need. I mean, you could spend $150. Like the little bowls and they have like the good lids. Yeah, yeah. And it was like six or eight pieces, but it was, it was because I look at it like Kohl's a lot, but they were 20 bucks. And I even bought the big ones so that when I would store mass quantities, yeah. I would, yeah, yeah. Would you? Yeah, it has a, well, it's like a, like a Right, right, yeah. I just put a napkin over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question, though, is because you got to make sure that you don't do that, you know. And I always make sure all of my food that I'm cooking fully cools before I before I go to store it for multiple reasons. It just doesn't, it just tastes better if it doesn't have any moisture in it. It won't go bad as fast if it doesn't have any moisture in it. But you wanna really let yourself stuff it out for a, probably an hour to just really let it bring all that, get all that steam out of it, all that fluid out of it, and then transfer it. I usually don't even really transfer my stuff into my containers for a while. Like I'm just, let's let's let things cool down and then I transfer them. And everything's a little different. You know, each food you'll learn is a little better, but you, you wanna learn the dynamics of that too because you don't wanna put it in a container then put a plastic lid on top of the container and still have all that steam in there and all that heat in there because then it's kind of no different. I roasted all my vegetables last week and I've never done it that way. And it made life so much easier. Yeah yes and they and they're good grab and go and they always last yes. five days they yes. really always last five days you know i mean sometimes they last more but so they I right i mean that honestly you really can i i always stretch mine so okay so for preparation and choices what i wanted to talk about was chicken and just some different things that we could do with chicken just to make life a little bit more interesting sometimes we get into a very regular habit get kind of stuck on a pattern and maybe that would be we just buy rotisserie chicken because it's easy tastes good but then there will come a day where you feel like you're going to throw up if you have a bite of rotisserie <laughs> chicken and it's a real thing and you have a gag reflux to it then you're kind of going what do I do now so a couple options number one baking a whole chicken is the easiest thing in the world 
So if you have a crock pot, there are so many different ways you can flavor a whole chicken. It's remarkable. I mean, you just, just throw whatever you want in that crock pot and the chicken is now going to taste like that. Anything that you want a flavor for. But what I normally do is put a little olive oil in the bottom of the crock pot just so I don't have anything sticking, even though the juices are gonna come out and they're not gonna stick. You will be amazed at the amount of juice that comes out of a chicken. I don't ever add stock to a, a whole chicken because so much juice comes out of the chicken and I don't wanna feel like I boiled the chicken. I like for the skin to get a little bit more texture, so I don't personally put stock in. But what I'll do is cut, I'll cut lemons in half or quarter and I'll throw lemons on top, I'll throw lemons inside it, I'll put whole cloves of garlic inside it, um, I get fresh herbs, take your fresh herbs in a bundle and just throw them on top or you can spread them all over it, you can rub it all over it, whatever you like, whatever you like. You like onion, throw onion in there. You like uh, carrots, uh, celery and onion, throw chopped carrot, celery and onion in there. You know, because it's just gonna get flavored with the natural broth that's gonna come out of that chicken. So I will cook that until it's done. You know, usually everyone, every size chicken's gonna be a little different. That could be between five and eight hours, just depends on the size of the chicken, on low. And how do you know it's done? Well, the breast is right on top. Just slice into the center of that breast. And if you're seeing pink, it's, it's not done. But usually if you make a whole chicken, you can hardly get it out of the crock pot because it falls apart. You really are like, here's the legs, you know, here's the wings. And then you're, you could pull the skin right off of it. And then you can just separate, you know, the, the breast from it. So, I mean, that, that, that's to me a very, very easy way of, of making chicken. And you can have so many different flavors to it. Okay. It just kind of depends on your flavor preference. I mean, rosemary would be really good. Tarragon it got, or oregano would be great. Oregano is great for you. Um, parsley is so high in potassium. I just always put parsley in things. I run out of it so fast because I put it in everything. Uh, it doesn't, it has a very neutral taste, but it's actually really good for you. Um, but fresh parsley, if you just have a bundle of it in your fridge and then you just take a handful and throw it into whatever you're doing, it's another way of getting more potassium into your diet. Um, I mean, you could put chives in there. It just kind of depends on what you like. I, I, I really want to motivate you to try fresh herbs though, because it's amazing the difference that it'll make if you do that over dried. It's so much more fragrant. Okay, then another option or suggestion would be buying boneless, skinless chicken breasts, putting them in your crock pot, and submerging them in bone broth. Now, that is a more expensive way of doing it. You could submerge them in water, no problem at all, and then flavor them afterwards. It does not have to be bone broth, but they really do have to be fully covered with the liquid or they are going to dry out, okay? So let's say you did eight chicken breasts. Um, I mean, there's a real good chance you're gonna have to cook those for close to eight hours. Okay, but if you're only doing four chicken breasts, which I think we might've talked about during one of the group settings uh, where we, uh, on Facebook, if you're only doing four chicken breasts, 
you might only need to cook it for four hours. You know, how do we know it's done? If it's falling apart, it's done. If it's falling apart and it looks pink, it might not be quite ready yet, you know, but if you had to work at getting it apart, it shouldn't, it should just literally fall apart. Um, now you would drain that, shred it, and then the sky is the limit at that point. What I normally suggest is don't fully commit to one particular thing with all that chicken. Take the chicken and divide it by three, especially if you did like eight, you know, breasts, take it and divide it by three so that you're not sick of what you're having every single day. So the primal ranch dressing, you know, um, I'm gonna come over here and I'm gonna add pico to this one. And I know I'm gonna put some uh, Mexican seasoning on that. And then I know I'm gonna do salsa and a guacamole each day. But you could just get Mexican seasoning, not the packet, but like a frontier brand that doesn't have sugar or soy or anything in it. Season that up with the fresh chopped pico, put that in there. You can even pour your salsa on it and then just know each day you're gonna top that with, um, guacamole okay then another one would be a very like a no sugar added barbecue sauce like the simple girl or the primal make barbecue chicken um, a no sugar added marinara sauce which you could get from fresh time whole foods or o'fallon nutrition and that i mean the sky's the limit with that we have that then we could do that on spaghetti squash we could do that on zucchini noodles Soy too at, uh, at for primal or yeah. like or the coconut aminos that you could do a combo with the coconut aminos like there's a lot you could do with the chicken you know there's a lot so i guess my my point is if you're gonna make that many breasts of chicken don't commit to one thing for the whole thing because you will get sick of that by the end of the week and then all of a sudden when it's the day for the the uh barbecue one you'll be kind of excited because oh barbecue day again you know it's like oh, i had two mexican days two barbecue days two italian days right um but if you like things kind of blackened or a different you know a different type of spicy or even like have an asian flavor then look up those seasonings put those like we like we talked about pinterest clean seasoning and then Find that seasoning, put it on there, and then use your coconut aminos as like your topper to sort of put a more finish, a better finish on it, okay? So shredding chicken is so easy for food prep. That's a great lunch. That's kind of a given. And I mean, you could make chicken salad with it. You could use that mayonnaise and make chicken salad with it. That is something fun to kind of make for your kids. You know, celery, onion, grab hard boiled eggs, remove the yolk, chop up the egg white, mix it in there, use the chicken, make a chicken salad with it, season it really good, wrap it up in lettuce, do little lettuce rolls. You know, that's a great thing for them. Okay, another game changer for me was when I started to pound out my chicken breast, where I would sit there with, I had a rolling pin at first and I finally bought a meat mallet and I would just sit there and I would just pound it out wow they taste amazing like that if you have not done that you really should do that it's just they're so different like i with the farmer girl ones i used to be able to cut it with a fork just cut right through my chicken with the fork it was just so delicious now when i would thin it out like that my favorite thing to do was to pan sear it so you'd get your avocado oil kind of hot and you would season it really well season the chicken breast really well and then that seasoning will almost become like a crust to the chicken. 
once it hits that hot oil, it's like that seasoning just built into a crust for you. It was almost like a breading with the seasoning. So you'd probably cook it on one side. It would depend on the size and how many you have in the skillet. Maybe let's say six minutes, okay? Flip it over to the other side. You also look at it. And if you like it more browned, then leave it down for a little while longer. And then flip it, cook it on your other side. I like to cook it in a skillet that I know I can put in the oven. And so sometimes I'll just put it in like a 300 degree oven. Let it take, an, excuse me, maybe another five minutes in the oven to finish. But you'll be surprised when they're that thinned out, it really doesn't take that long to cook it. It really doesn't. And so you don't want to overcook it because then it's like kind of dry tasting. Wow, that is one of my favorite ways to do it. And then if you put um, marinara sauce on it, like if you do your sugar-free, yes. chicken parmesan. That's right. And you put that on top of your spaghetti squash or on top of your um, zucchini noodles or even on top of cauliflower rice. That's a really great way of doing it. Uh, another thing I do is I get a bowl of egg or egg white, either one, and then I get a plate, I put almond flour out, and then I take my parsley and my cayenne pepper, my salt and pepper, and my garlic powder, my onion powder, and I just make like this almond flour breading mix. And so I dredge that in there, and then I roll it into that, you know, almond flour mix, and then I pan sear it. It's so good that way. It makes like a fried chicken. Oh yeah, but you have to work at it. I mean, you really have to leave it. Get your uh, your oil hot. You know, like warm up your pan first, then put the oil in. The oil needs to be hot. And the pan I use is an, um, an all-clad pan, and it's like this thick, and it's actually called a chicken fryer. But I mean, it looks just like a big skillet but it's just this thick. And I, I do that because I can put like that much oil in it, you know, and I can put that chicken in there and then it just cooks in that oil it is so good. It's just like making fried chicken. An easier way to do it would be to buy chicken strips. Bear makes those chicken strips. Those are way more manageable because then you're not like flipping the whole thing over and afraid you're gonna lose some of the almond flour along the way. Those are a great thing to do. I'm assuming that'll cook, cook quicker in the crock pot because that's all I eat is the chicken strips from them. Oh, yeah, I mean, but it, but it's just gonna be, yeah, it's just gonna be shredded up chicken then. You okay. know, it won't be like the searing. Okay. If you eat those chicken strips, you should pan sear them. You yeah. love them. Okay. I mean, you can pan sear them and put Frank's hot sauce and olive oil together and make almost like a, um, like a hot wing sauce out of it and then pan serum on that and it'll just taste like you have like little chicken wing strips you know but they're not dark meat you know it'd be your chicken you know fingers um i always dip them in that um honey mustard sauce i told you that i would make with the dijon mustard and stevia and olive oil and apple cider vinegar i mean that is such a good dip for that but you could also you know use another dressing that you make that you like for it Okay, or any of the sauces that we've talked about. So pan searing is an option for chicken. Baking is an option for chicken. Getting your big stock pot out, putting it in the same way you do the crock pot, throwing all the vegetables in there, throwing it in the oven. It's still gonna pull all of those juices out. For whatever reason, I just feel more comfortable having my crock pot hang out you know, than having something in, I mean, I'm not gonna leave my house with that in the oven, I'm just not. So, you know, the crock pot just seems like a really simple way to make it. 
I do not use my Instapot. I have it, but I don't use it. I've never put a chicken in there and I've never put chicken breasts in there. I'm sure it's very easy to do. Um, and I'm sure it'd make it super quick. Chicken thigh, you've done it? 10 minutes. 10 minutes. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. Chicken thigh, I buy boneless, skinless, and put that in the crock pot. Then I take the olive oil and the Frank's hot sauce, mix that together. I kind of lived off that on keto for a long time, you know, and just, it's like shredded chicken wings. So that would be a way. Um, I really like to get this, like the skin, like the bone in chicken thighs and pan sear those and then bake them a little bit. You're pan searing them because you're putting a seasoning or a sauce on them and you're like really getting that to sink into it. You know what I mean? It just becomes cr almost like a crust at that point. It's really, really flavorful. And then I would just put that on co a cooling rack inside a sheet cake pan, stick that sheet cake pan back in the oven and I would do chicken thighs and chicken legs that way. I kind of relied off of that on keto too with this seasoning where I'd pan sear them, but taking the time to pan sear them, it's so good. It really is. Now, if you're not going to do that, then I would use avocado oil and hot sauce or avocado oil in your seasoning, put them on the cooling rack and put them in like a 400 to a 425 degree oven so they get crispy. Halfway through, flip them on that cooling rack and it'll be cooking them under in that sheet cake pan and all that extra fat will drain off. Flip them and then cook them for another 10 minutes or so on the other side so that they get really crispy still. You can crisp them in the oven too. You don't have to have the stovetop. But if you're just trying to do something quick, just pan sear it real quick. If it's just for a one night meal and you just want something kind of special, pan sear it, it's really good, okay? Um, so that's some ideas on chicken instead of just, um, you know, doing it the same way, even the shredded chicken. People sometimes get into a cycle, like I said, of doing the same thing over and over again. It's just not necessary. You can just be so creative with it. You know, you just want to expand your mind to thinking of all the different ways that you can have that chicken. Uh, for body and movement, I want to talk about cardio and the different ways in which you could do cardio. And when I say cardio, I mean anything that is very specifically tailored for your cardiovascular benefit, like running, biking, uh, stair-stepping, elliptical, uh, you know, the rower, anything that's really more about the heart and not about uh, building muscle. Although we can do cardio in some ways that will help us to build muscle. Um, for the most part, we bring cardio in and people think that, oh, if I'm not trying to lose weight anymore, I don't have to do cardio. But there is the muscle, uh, it's called the heart, and then you have the lungs, and they rely very heavily on how cardiovascularly conditioned we are. And so when we work really hard, lose weight, get in shape, everything's going the way we like, and then all of a sudden we just completely back off of that and totally change our conditioning pattern, we actually change our, our HDL our HDL and our LDL, but our HDL will be impacted by that. When people dramatically reduce their output, which sometimes happens with personal training, they might train three times a week, and then all of a sudden they say, well, I just wanna go down to one time a week and they don't really keep up on their own. And then they realize six or seven months later that their HDL actually isn't as good as it was before, you know, because they're just not putting out the same output. When it comes to cardio, it is a component of weight loss and it really should be considered, it, it needs to be part of it. 
There is no wrong way to do cardio. And a lot of times you'll get into forums where people will say, do not do steady state cardio. You know, if you're trying to do this, don't do that. If you're trying to do this, don't do that. Just first of all, find a piece of equipment that doesn't hurt you. That's the number one thing. If you have a trainer, have them identify what that piece of equipment should be. You know what I'm saying? They know you have a hip issue. They know you have a knee issue. They know that you have a foot issue. You maybe should not be on an elliptical because of the, op you know, the, the way things open up, just all the different things that, that come about. They will know which one would be best for you, so ask them. Now, if you don't have a trainer, which one makes you feel the best? If you get off of it and you feel swollen and your back hurts and your knees all swollen from doing it, I don't think that's the one, you know, but keep trying. Don't give up on cardio, keep trying, but maybe don't try for 30 minutes the first time, try for 15 and see how you feel. The next day, try a different one for 15. The next day, try a different one and see which one really feels the best. In the beginning, when I have someone start cardio, I never go beyond 20 minutes. I always say get the maximum amount of result from the from a minimum amount of effort because if you're doing nothing to something you're going to get a result from 20 minutes you just will so why do an hour in the beginning or why do 40 minutes in the beginning we missed all those weeks of losing weight with the 20 minutes right let's gradually work our way into that and let's use an hour-long session if we really really need an hour-long session you know but let's also look at cardio like we look at food we need to eat clean no matter what the scale says if the scale moves this week if it doesn't move uh if it doesn't matter we still need to eat clean we eat clean because we don't want to die we don't want to have a heart attack we don't want to have to take cholesterol medication we don't want to have diabetes we're eating clean for all those reasons we need to do cardiovascular work because of the same thing we want our joints to be more fluid we want our heart to be conditioned we want to be able to climb stairs and not feel like we're out of breath from it we want to be able to carry all of our luggage in when we go on vacation and walk around with our family at nighttime it takes this to be able to do that now the weight training helps you get your heart rate up you're getting in better condition and we'll eventually talk about the importance of that but we do need to understand that there's more to cardio than just I want to lose weight. And because I'm done losing weight, I don't, I don't have to do cardio. There's a health benefit to it. And you never want to shy away from that. Never. I, I remember when my dad had his heart attack, they showed us the design of all the different arteries. And that doctor said, you can tell that you were in great shape. Like you have worked out your whole life. And I was like, well, how can you tell that? Because the blood create you created like different directions that good blood could go because it knew this area was blocked so it successfully started going in different directions because it knew it could and you stayed alive instead of if you had no cardiovascular conditioning and you had really thick blood when it would get to that your heart would not really be conditioned to respond and shoot the blood in a different direction instead it would stop and it would be like okay we're gonna go ahead and stop working now the heart just stopped because you're blocked so my dad probably coasted on that blockage for a long time because of how much he did in terms of cardio he always ran he always rode bikes he always walked 
he was cardio guy, you know, and he did weights too. So what's the difference between interval cardio and steady state cardio? Well, if I get on the stairs and I do a minute at a sprint pace and I do a minute at a steady pace, that's a sprint. That's an interval cardio, okay? And I can do that on any piece of equipment. I don't have to do that on the hardest piece of equipment. I can get on the bike and say level 10 for a minute, level two for a minute, level 10 for a minute, level two for a minute. What? Interval and what's the other word you keep saying? Steady state. state. Meaning we get on, we put it at 3.5, and we stay at 3.5 okay. to incline for 30 minutes. Okay, okay? so I'm going to just try to tell you the benefits of both. I feel like we are all going to go through seasons where all of this is going to benefit us. And I don't think there is any one particular way that you need to be sold on. I really don't. And I don't care what size you are, I don't care what age you are, and I don't care what your goal is. I think that there are benefits to both of these cardios. And all I can do is tell you, in 20 years of doing this, in the beginning, I was so locked down by it had to be a certain way, I limited my client's progress because it didn't have to be that way. It didn't have to, and I just started trying it differently for myself, and I learned it doesn't have to be that way. And then I started experimenting more with clients. Now, some clients respond beautifully to those intervals and their muscles almost get designed differently. They get almost like a pump, almost as if you're working them like weight training, okay? Some folks, that actually stresses their body more than it helps their body. So for someone like me, uh, who tends to have a very sluggish immune system, sluggish lymphatic system, I can do everything perfectly, but because I don't sleep well, I gain two pounds of fluid because of my lymphatic system not transferring the way it should. If I get on the day after I don't sleep and I try to do sprint intervals on the treadmill, I will gain two more pounds the next day. I will have slowed my lymph system down even more. But that's not everyone, so I can't think everyone's going to have that same response. I really think Justin could get on there and it wouldn't bother him a bit. You know, he could do the sprints on a good day, right? Or maybe someone like Misty wouldn't bother her. She wouldn't have swelling from that. So you have to learn your body and your season in your body. Where are you? How stressed are you? How many hours are you working? How much are you sleeping? Does it make sense for you to get on the treadmill and literally physically attack yourself for 30 minutes? I mean, it's gonna be hard, really hard pounding, hard, swelling. If your body's conditioned and ready for that and you're building that and you don't leave feeling way worse than you walked in, that's what you should do. Now, if you're really training for something, whatever that might be, you could be training for something that you have to do through work. You could be training for a physical that you have to take. You could be training for a marathon that you wanna do. Then you're gonna to have to push through the pain if that's what you really want. If this goal is what you're wanting to achieve, you're gonna to have to push through the pain. And at the end of that, you might determine that that is not the right sport for you because you don't do well, you don't feel well, and you never lost weight because you stayed swollen the entire time. Okay, so there, that's the part about interval training that people don't talk about is that it can be very stressful on your body, on, on the actual impact on your body from a joint muscle perspective, the lactic acid that kind of gets built from it. And if your body is not efficient at releasing that, 
your kid actually hinder yourself more than help yourself. So know your body, know how you feel after you do it. And one way that you could do it is steady state one day, interval another day, steady state one day, interval another day, as you're trying to figure out how do you feel your best and you've got to look at it. How do I feel when I'm walking out of the gym? When I do my cardio, I do steady state. I get on a treadmill, I walk for 20 minutes and I pump my arms the entire time because I'm doing what would mimic a lymphatic like rebound. I'm trying to get a rebound in my lymph system. I'm not doing it for weight loss. I literally will be just so ready to go home. And I'll say, I really need to do that 20 minutes. I know it's gonna make my lymph system better. And I know the next day I'm gonna be less swollen from it. So I do that to feel better. Every time I do it, I'm glad I do it because I feel so much less swollen walking out the door. If I did sprint intervals at the end of my day when I'm already kind of tight and I'm already kind of swollen, I would walk out the door feeling more swollen and I would wake up the next day still feeling swollen. You have to know your body and what works for your body. It's so easy to go to a personal trainer and they can get so locked on one path or one idea. This is the only way to that. You have to know what's best for you. You have to know how you feel after you do that. Now, does that mean you have to just walk on the treadmill with no incline like me? Absolutely not. Maybe an incline feels good. Maybe you walk at a steady state on an incline for 20 minutes. Maybe that feels great and you get to kind of build your glutes a little bit and you can feel that. Maybe you just get on the elliptical and you do a steady state. Get on the bike and do a steady state or even on the stairs. Stairs would be a great way of challenging yourself. But what I would suggest is really try to practice the different types and see how you feel, you know? And you do not, you do not have to think that cardio is only for weight loss. It's for all of us. We all need to be doing it. It's just, if we're not trying to lose weight, we have to manage the amount of food that we take in so that we don't lose too much weight, but still do something that's conditioning your heart, okay? And maybe that's, you decide to go to a place that you really enjoy and you walk that place, you know, because you want to enjoy the experience. You necessarily don't have to be at a gym for that because you're not worrying about losing weight or something like that. That's perfectly fine too, you know, but one thing that I think that does not get uh, talked about enough is the fact that it, it, the interval intensity cardio can be very challenging to your system. And if you deal with a sluggish adrenal, you deal with the sluggish system, you could be worsening things by continuing to do that over and over again. For a season, like I'll use uh, Ryan Halstead that's over there, he'll train for like a SWAT of physical. They have to go through physicals. And I, I wanna say that to do it a couple times a year. Sure, he's gonna do that. He's gonna train like that. But after his physical, he really needs to take a couple weeks where he doesn't do that for a couple weeks. Steady state cardio would be better for him for those couple weeks after that physical so that he could just sort of start to calm his body down a little bit. So he's not in this constant state of intensity. Your body needs a little bit of a break. Now, as far as starting with the amount, like I said, start minimum and work up to maximum. Start with three days a week, okay? And, and try to get yourself to a point to where, okay, I'm, I'm at three days a week, I'm at 20 minutes, I'm gonna go ahead and go to 25 minutes, but still stay three days a week. I'm gonna go ahead and go to 30 minutes, but still stay three days a week. I'm ready to make a change, I'm going to four days a week. 
If you're still losing weight, if things are still changing the way you want to, you're still feeling good, work it, ladder it up slow. Don't rush it. Don't rush into it too fast. You have nothing to, to grab a hold of when you really need it. If you get to where things slow down, you can't go anywhere because you're already at max on everything. So work it slow. That's the that's the profound advice that I would give from making mistakes in my own personal uh, exercise regimen or my own personal suggestions with clients over the years is take it slow, build it up slow. You don't have to rush it. How do you feel about changing equipment? Sometimes I get bored. That was literally the next thing I was going to say is it's going to take you probably 20 minutes to really get yourself burning fat. So if you hop off and go to get to something else, that is if you're doing that steady state cardio, if you hop off and you do something else, you really kind of reset the process. So if you're going to do steady state cardio, I really would stick with the same piece. And if you're going to do interval cardio, I would really try to stick with the same piece for at least 10 minutes. You know, just get back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So you get at least five really good sprints in. Um, and you know, you might do 10 minutes, then a minute on the stairs, 20 ball slams, 100 rope slams, 10 minutes, a minute on there, a minute on here, and a minute on there. That's fine, you know, but if you could, I'd get on one piece like the stairs and try to get 10 minutes that's in. That's considered like interval. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say Scott is like interval. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Scott, our, our trainer, Scott, like he trains very, conditions people very much like that. So let's see, we had the rope set up, we had a slam ball set up, and we had the sled set up, and then we had a mat. And we were going to do 20 push-ups, 20 crunches, 100 rope slams, 20 ball slams, and a sled push and pull. What we're going to do is go from one, two, three, four, five, then rest. Okay, but we're really not doing ball slams, resting this resting we're really trying to kind of get them all in if that's too much don't do that in the beginning do ball slams and push-ups ball slams and push-ups ball slams and push-ups you know what i mean or do three of them but just try to you know try to rest after you've done all three breathe then you know that's kind of your interval right so that would be like being on something for a minute okay now times of day of when you should do cardio the, in my opinion, you will hear contrasting opinions to this. I just posted something the other day just so people could hear the contrasting opinion. I believe that fasted cardio, if you are not in an adrenal, you know, draining adrenal situation, if you do not have super sluggish adrenals, I believe fasted cardio is hyper effective because your body has the opportunity to access stored body fat and use that as your energy source. Fasted cardio. So AM cardio, Don't eat yet. yeah, on an empty stomach. So if we eat, then that is our fuel that we are going to burn first for the cardio. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. At least we've burned that meal, right? So that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. But if we're really trying to get stored body fat and we want to try to get after some weight loss, that fasted cardio can be hyper, hyper effective for that. So that is something that I would definitely suggest, okay? Um, now, if you struggle during a fast, if you feel like you're gonna pass out, if you get shaky, if you don't feel good, don't do it, don't do that. Do it when you feel good, don't force it. You're not helping things by forcing it, okay? So don't do that, all right? Now, 
Should I do it at nighttime? If that's the only time you can do it, then that's the time you need to do it. You know, absolutely. Yes? When you're doing the steady state cardio, you know, a lot of the cardio puts in hands, like this is like a, a weight loss heart, like where your yes. heart rate should be. And yes. it's lower than, should you keep it lower like that? But I mean, like how, I know I shouldn't be pushing it too hard when I do the steady state, but, um, you know, because I'm out of shape, but... I, d I don't know how much is like not beneficial. Like sometimes I worry if I'm on the treadmill that I'm not walking quickly enough or I'm not, you know what I mean? That I'm not. Yes. Not I like the chart that's on the treadmill when you're first starting exercise. Mm -hmm. If you're first getting back at it, I think that's a great chart. And I think you should eyeball that and kind of watch yourself that way. Beyond that point, I really think you should try to base it a little bit more off of rate of perceived exertion. So if I can talk, but I don't really want to talk because I'm going to eventually get a little bit more out of breath than I want to be, then I'm probably where I need to be. But if I can't talk at all because I'm going to fall off, I, I'm going too hard, right? So For steady should, state. You should be able to talk but not sing. Like you. That's exactly a great way to put it. Yeah, I hadn't heard anyone say that's a really good, I'm going to say that from now on. <laughs> but if I should be able to talk but not be able to sing, right? Because you shouldn't be able to hold that, you know what I mean? You know, and if your conditioning, if the purpose of the conditioning is just to keep your joints fluid, if it's just to keep your heart healthy, then sure, maybe you could sing and walk, you know, at the same time, because maybe that wouldn't be a terrible thing for you. Or maybe you could be at that pace, you know, or like John's senior class that came in, of course, that's a great pace for them. It's a great pace, you know, because they probably are spending a fair amount of their time not active. So it's just great that they're active and they want to do it in a way that just makes their body feel more fluid, not that challenges their body too much, you know, and makes them too tight. I guess okay. I'm curious to hear, because you said there's conflicting things on um, when you should be doing cardio. What are the people saying that think you should be doing it in the PM? Well, it's not so much that. It's more that they feel like you should fuel it. They feel like you run the risk of burning... And maybe, Justin, you have another negative theory that I'm not thinking of. But usually the key is that people are concerned you're going to burn your muscle during the cardio instead of fat. Like suddenly, all of a sudden, your body's just going to go right to the muscle and just set a fire inside you and start burning it. I don't, I mean, it's just, I don't know why, but it's such a common it theory. If you have excess body fat, your body is going to be very, very likely to go to that before it's going to go right. to your muscle tissue. Okay. It's going to take a lot to burn through your muscle tissue. If you've been fasting for three days, four days, and you do cardio, maybe we run the risk that you could burn some muscle tissue if you were already pretty lean. Okay. I mean, you would have to be pretty lean, but... It, it's just that that's one conflicting thing. Have you ever heard any other conflicting fasting cardio ones that I'm uh, missing though? That's pretty much it. The it's main, the muscle burning. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have, you know, 80% of stored energy that's fat and 20% of this muscle, it's not going to take 20% of muscle. It's right. Not, it's not gonna but for whatever reason, I feel like it's a conspiracy where bodybuilders don't want to do cardio. Uh -huh. <laughs> so they like really like, you're like, but uh, I don't know. For whatever reason, it's it's just it's out there. Your body I body will take the path of least resistance. Right. So right. 
If it's easier to burn the fat, it's gonna burn fat. Right. And so that's why I've always done it and I feel good when I do it. You know, now I've had a lot of clients that feel great when they do it and they're super effective with it. Now, now sometimes I have to wake up and have sea salt to be able to do it. I can't always just go in without the salt. I mean, the salt helps me, but yeah. That's when you said dab with mm -hmm. I get fingertip full and I start with that first thing in the morning. It just kind of balances your minerals. For me, it builds my blood pressure. I wake up with really low blood pressure and when I eat my blood pressure builds because there's obviously sodium and different you know things in my food my blood sugar builds so then my blood pressure builds so I feel more you know I feel a little bit more alive but the salt actually takes care of that for me and I still feel great I feel really clear without the salt I don't feel clear I don't really feel well so maybe maybe that is what you go for if you do not have high blood pressure, you know, maybe that's what you'd go for uh, instead of trying to feel like you have to have food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great way. I, I start the day like that almost every day. I, I go get salt. That's how I start my day. And then I drink water. And if I really have a struggle during my fast where I feel like I'm super, super hungry or I'm, I'm just empty feeling, I go for salt and water again. And if I'm okay after that, I'm fine. If I'm not, then I know I need to eat. Did you say the fast should be eight to 12 hours or what was it? Everybody's a little different and we'll like, we'll get more detailed on that. But let's say, I mean, we would hope it would be at least eight hours overnight. You know, we'd hope for at least eight hours. 12 would be great. I mean, 12 would be fantastic. And if you think about the concept of not eating three hours before you go to bed so that your body can fully restore instead of digest, then it, and you're eating, you know, you're sleeping for eight hours, then you're getting pretty close. You know what I mean? That It should be a fairly common thing to be able to do 12 hours, especially if you start working out and you're at kind of an hour into your day. Now, I've always told people if you fuel your workouts, so if you start with your meal, and you go in, I would always start with your weight training, in my opinion, because your body will use that fuel and your muscles will really appreciate having that fuel as your energy source for the weight training. And then our hope is that we've used so much of that fuel that we really don't have much left and we try to access stored body fat for energy for the cardio that you do after your workout. That's my hope. <laughs> but either way, you're going to appreciate having that fuel for that weight training uh, workout, okay? And I, so I would personally suggest putting your cardio after. Another reason why I would do that is because weight training is measurable, so is cardio to some extent, but weight training is, is pretty measurable to where you can say, okay, I've been doing this much weight. I should be able to go up a little bit or I should be able to do this a little bit, but if I'm super tired, you know, that I can tell I'm not really doing what I should be doing. On a treadmill, if you've been going at 3.5, you know, for 20 minutes, I mean, if it's at the 16 minute mark and you're ready to fall off a bit at the end, you know, you have to hold on and stay on for four minutes, no matter what. I mean, I just, at the end, I just think you'll just, you'll put it out. You'll put, you'll, you'll put whatever you need into it just to be able to get it done. Okay. If you have to hold on to a treadmill or you're going too fast? Um, not necessarily. I just think if you have to hold on like this, you're going too fast. If you were able to hold on like this and really keep good posture, you're not necessarily going too fast because everybody has a different setup 
You know, I mean, some people don't have great equilibrium. I mean, if you have low blood pressure, there's some days I get on the treadmill and I could easily fling right off the back and having nothing to do with my cardiovascular endurance, everything to do with the fact that I'm still trying to find my footing, you know, in life. I'm like still trying to not be, feel like I'm floating. Um, but then there are people that like my mom, she shattered her kneecap and yeah. she shattered her shoulder. This is just going to give her the confidence to stay, but 3.0 might feel like she's too slow. You know what I mean? But she just heart wise, just she's, it might scare her to death to do this, you know, but I'd still rather see her on there, but she has to learn to hold on like this. She can't hold on like this. And she definitely can't hold on like this. If you're having to hold on like this, you have too high of an incline and it's too fast because this isn't going to be good. We already have talked about enough with our structure to know that won't be good, but this would be okay. Okay. That's another thing like what I'll see at gyms a lot is people will have the treadmill and incline but then they're holding and right. they're, they're walking at the same incline. Is right. that like undoing what they're trying to do? Well, if you're walking at the bottom of the treadmill, you're not actually walking at the top of the incline. I mean, so you do have to know that. You've kind of taken a big portion of that incline off because the treadmill's up here and this one's down here. I mean, it's just not the same as if you're up here, you're climbing at the top of it, not so much at the bottom of it. But yeah, I mean, if you're like this, you're just, it's just horrible for your body. But like I see people holding on, but like when you look at them, however much it's tilted, they're not like this, like they're having to climb. They're just tilting their body the same as the tilt of the Oh, treadmill. I see. I didn't okay. Know, is, that, is that beneficial at all? I would say, I would say the more beneficial would be the better posture, the yeah. better because then you're engaging your glutes, you're engaging your back properly instead of potentially working your low back or working your neck and doing it. I don't know. I mean, I'd have to look at someone to see and they might get off and say, I had a plenty good workout. I felt that great. But on a case by case basis, I would say for the best case results, really good posture, really good alignment to feel yourself walking in your glutes every time. And if you can pump your arms, that's what I would suggest doing. If you can't pump your arms, then lower the incline until you can. Don't have an incline. And then when you feel like I can do this, I can do this, I can do this 3.5. I own this. I've got this. Then go to a three incline. Okay. It's starting to get a little harder now. So then leave it at three incline. Okay. Now I'm going to go up to three, seven at a three incline. Then in about another month, you go to a six incline at a three set. You see what I'm saying? Just work your way up to it, but don't jump. Sometimes we just think we have to jump so fast into it. We don't, we don't have to, there's no timeline. I was, I've been doing like, cause I have a little gym in my building. So I go down at lunch and do my first 30 minutes of lunch on the treadmill. Okay. Um, and so I kind of upped my speed and I did fine until like the last four minutes and then I held on. Oh, and I kept going back and forth about whether I should just lower my speed or depends. I mean, did you feel, did you feel like you're, did you feel like you really downregulated the, the difficulty of it by low, by holding on? I felt like it was more like I was ready to give up and holding on kept me from giving, giving up. up. Yeah. <laughs> if holding on keeps you from getting off, then hold on <laughs> for two minutes. Right. right? Well, and then, and then go like, back to it. You know, I mean, that's what I mean by someone like my mom. If she's holding on, you know, yeah, it'd be easy to say, oh, I shouldn't hold on. But yet at the same time, you just have no idea what her yeah. background is. She's holding on for two minutes and then she's not for one minute. Cause that makes her feel okay back at it. Great. 
that if she can do that and that keeps her on a treadmill and keeps her moving, that's how she should do it. The key is just don't do it like yeah. that. That's, yeah. that's the main thing. She knows she's got to do it back here like that. Okay, then there's one last thing I'll share with you guys. It's pretty quick. It's a picture. And I have it hanging in one of our bathrooms. which I might go and get because it didn't save to my phone like it should have. Okay, hold on a second, I'm gonna go grab it. share a picture of that book but one of the counselors that I know always recommends this particular book and it's called journey to freedom and I'll see let me look that up for you real quick what I like about this book journey to freedom he's kind of re here it is yeah he's kind of relabeled it lately Scott Reel, R-E-A-L-L, Journey to Freedom. Um, freedom from the pain of grief and disappointment. And the reason why I like the book is because it really helps you to work through, I've failed, I've tried and failed, I've tried and failed, I've tried and failed, I've tried and failed, with food, with, with exercise, with being healthy, and getting to a point where you can just work past it and just start working and just start moving forward. This is a really good element to one of the chapters. It's just a little snippet out of it uh, from that book. It says, willpower is an element of change, but it is not the deciding factor. The way to overcome the self-defeating behavior of giving up is to train, not to try. Training versus trying is the key to excess. John Ortberg writes, spiritual transformation is not, the, is not a matter of trying harder, but training wisely. There is an immense difference between training to do something and trying to do something. When we try to change and do not succeed, we tend to give up after a few attempts. But when we train to do something, we set our minds on learning. No matter how many times we fail, we see ourselves as being one step closer to succeeding. So I always tell people, don't try to live a healthy lifestyle, train to live a healthy lifestyle. And I mean it. It's what are you listening to in your car on your way to work? What are you listening to while you're getting ready? You're training yourself to, to have a healthier day. It doesn't have to be a book about fasting or a book about weight loss. It could just be a motivational video. It could be a comedian that talks about happy things. It can just be something where you're training your thinking to be more positive. Now, how are you training yourself to eat healthy? You're coming here. You're surrounding yourself around people that don't want to eat garbage and get drunk all the time. You're setting parameters and boundaries for yourself, right? but you're training yourself and learning new ways and new things, new conditions, hiring a trainer. Again, being in a setting where it's a group like this, where you're around other people and you're learning from them and you're growing from them. You know, 
training to be able to be in better shape, that never goes away. It never ends. My dad still in his seventies comes in here six days a week and he still watches all the people in here and learns from them. He loves to listen to the trainers talk so he can learn new ways of doing things. Mike Stout is so thoughtful. He'll take five minutes out of his day and he'll show my dad a new stretch once a week. He used to use my dad as a model for his little videos that he would do, you know? And my dad just, he, he, he eats that stuff up in his seventies. He's constantly training, you know? He's not getting up every day and trying to be healthy. He's putting forth the effort to train himself to be better each day. And he will do it till the day he dies. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. And so I really like that because I thought, I like where it says willpower is an element of change, but it's not the deciding factor. We, I feel like for so many years, people were just so focused on motivation and willpower, motivation and willpower. And it's like, the reality is motivation, like we've talked about, it's just, it, it's like you, it's a cheerleader, you know what I mean? And so you can't rely on it. Willpower, you're going to have so many things in life that try to break your will. So many things. Let's just talk about all the things in a day that will try to break your will. I'm not talking about life. Someone cuts you off at a stoplight. Uh, your boss snaps at you. Um, someone doesn't, you know, deliver your uh, presentation to you in time for you to get there to do it. You know, I mean, stuff happens, right? Over and over and over again. Your kid gets sick on a really important day, uh, whatever, whatever happens. Those are all just things that could happen in a day that could break our willpower. If we're rolling on willpower, we're not gonna make it. We're not gonna make it because our will just isn't strong enough. We have to train ourselves to have all these other backbones, you know, that keep us secure. And that's relationships, strong relationships. That's love and caring for all the people and sharing love with other people and receiving love from other people. That's, you know, learning and understanding and educating ourselves. It's socializing with people that are of like mind and being cautious with that and being aware of who you're spending your time with and how are they infecting you or affecting you? I mean, how are they impacting you or are they infecting you with bad stuff, you know? I mean, if it's your husband, don't divorce him if he's the one infecting you, but pray for him. You know, is faith one of your backbones? You know, do you use that to rely on? Because you know, there's some other things that are really trying you and keeping you from being able to have a strong will, but keep that in mind. Train yourself to live a healthy lifestyle. Don't try, don't try at anything. Just. Well my last question is i started following jocko on um instagram and he always posts you know his right kind of, like yeah. his watch yeah okay is it's a black and white picture is that blood or sweat that he's it's always, just like, sweat yeah <laughs> yeah it's like i'm texturing this thing and i'm like i hope he's not like yeah 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 just get some of his books though because he's a I lot he's a lot deeper than he is on instagram <laughs> when i saw him on instagram i was like oh i would have thought that there would have been more out there you know he's just simple he probably doesn't have a lot of time for much more but um maybe that's just how he is but his books are really good yeah you know he's he's a very you know, he's got a lot of deep information to share and maybe like some of his um youtube videos his his blogs 
Are you subscribed to his blogs? No, those are those are good. Go on YouTube and just subscribe to his daily blog. And I would go back to like way back and start in the beginning because the ones <coughs> in the beginning they're they're good. They're really good. Yeah. The well, new ones are good too, but the ones in the beginning are good. It just kind of cracked me up. I was like, right. it's probably sweat, but I need to ask. Yeah, let's just be sure. <laughs> Seeing that he's a soldier, we'll just make sure. Yeah. Yeah. What you're endorsing. Well, right. Okay, so I'll see you guys next week, but I won't see you the following week. Okay. Y'all have a good weekend.